Hi, my name is Sydney Mitchell. Hi, I'm Matthew Brickman, Florida Supreme Court mediator. Welcome to the Mediate This podcast, where we discuss everything mediation and conflict resolution. This is Susan Chestnut back again with another podcast episode of From Foster Care to Family Law. And thank you for joining me and a very special guest, Matthew Brickman. Matthew Brickman is the owner, operator, and mediator for ITAP Mediation, a family mediation service. And he has mediated almost 3,000 cases. Thanks for coming on today. I really am looking forward to the things that we're going to talk about. But how, how did you get into mediating exactly? Um, thank you, Susan, for having me on. Um, how did I get into it? Simply, I got divorced. Um, Is that how you wrote the book? And yeah, I mean, I got divorced. Um, my parents were marriage counselors. And uh, so, yeah, I got I got divorced and um, easy divorce, quick and easy. My ex and I filled out papers on Mother's Day night, filed the next day, divorced three days before Father's Day. Uh, but a year later, turned into a 12-year war. Um, oh, and so um, experience and also the judge um, who or who was tired of seeing us because um, we were just high litigation um, when we finally finished. And you would know as an attorney, when we finally finished, my docket entry was five hundred and twenty. It was high litigation, but somewhere in the after, I guess, a year or so of fighting, um, and we were already divorced. We were just constantly fighting. Um, the judge ordered us to mediation. I'd never heard of it, didn't know anything about it. Um, but I had a great attorney, phenomenal mediator, um, and was sitting in mediation. And I remember the mediator going back and forth, you know, shuttle mediation. And I remember sitting there just looking around the room when she went in the other room going, this is the coolest process in the world. I could do this. Now, at the time, I had a cosmetology license um, and I had a high school diploma. And so it was like, okay, what do I need in order to become a mediator? Like, this is my calling. This is what I want to do. So I had in the back of my brain um, that and I remember as, as, as a kid, I remember hearing that in California, you could actually take the bar without ever going to law school. And if you happen to pass, it's like the toughest bar in the country. I think it still is like the toughest bar. It still is. And and I think that's still true for the most part. So, and I'm still mind blown that that exists. Yeah. So so I was like, you know, because I had when I when I thought about becoming a mediator, I called the, the uh, dispute resolution center up in Tallahassee. You know, I live in Florida. And so I called and said, OK, what do I need to become a mediator? This was this was comical. The lady says, well, you know, do you have a law degree? No, no, I don't have one of those. OK, do you have a master's degree? Nope. Nope. Don't have one of those either. She goes, did you go to college? Yeah. OK, do you have a bachelor's degree? No. Now, this was funny. Because and, and 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 so I've never drank alcohol, okay. And when I went to college, I was up in North Dakota. We had a four-year university. We didn't have a junior college. We didn't have a state. You know, we had, there was no associate degrees. You go to school for four years, you get a bachelor's. But she says to me, she goes, uh, "Well, do you have AA? Do you have an associate's degree? Do you have an AA?" And I was, and I and I said to her, "I said no, I don't drink." 
I know. At this point, this lady is probably going, okay, is this, is this a prank? Like, is is this a prank? She goes, she goes, do you have AA? I'm like, no, I don't drink. She goes, no, an associate's, associate's degree. I'm like, oh no. She goes, did you go to high school? Yes, I went to high school. Did you graduate? Yeah, I graduated. So you've got a diploma. Yes, I have one of those. Do you have any other any other licensing degrees? I have a cosmetology license because when I was 21, I went to cosmetology school and then I ended up teaching hair color for an international hair color company. That was fun. But now now like through the throes of divorce and stuff, I'm like I need more education. I need to do something. And I want to do mediation. So she says, okay, you're going to need to go to school. You're going to need an associate's degree, a bachelor's degree, and then you're going to need either a law degree or a master's degree. I'm like, okay. Now, at the time, I was a single dad. I had my children. Uh, my ex had given me my kids and I had them, you know, 80% of the time. So I'm like, I got to go online. Like, I, I don't have time to go to a physical school. So I looked all over the place and I found Concord Law School out in California. Perfect. It's California. So I called up the California bar and I said, hey, is this true? Can can I just sit for the bar? Like, <laughs> I have a high school diploma, Susan. I'm like, can I just sit for the bar? <laughs> and they said, they said, how old are you? I think at the time I was like 27, 28 years old. And, and, and the lady goes, yeah, that sounds about right. <clears throat> and I'm like, and I'm like, what do you mean it sounds about right? She goes, well, when did you hear this? I said, I don't know, probably when I was 10, 11, 12 years. She goes, yeah, that sounds about right. She goes, that used to be the way it was, but that's not the way it is anymore. I was like, oh, but she was humored that I actually remembered back when I was a little kid that that was how it was. That is not how it is anymore. You have to you have to go to law school. Mm-hmm. So 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 they put me in touch then with Concord Law School. Oh, my gosh, Susan, I almost had the same exact conversation I had with the dispute resolution center. Well, OK, do you have a bachelor's degree? No. Do you have a do you have an associate's degree? Now I knew. Don't tell them that you don't drink. Like, right? Like, I knew, like, an associate's degree, I know what that is now. I'm like, no, I don't have one of those. Okay, well, you're going to need one of those, and then maybe, maybe we'll let you into our law school. Okay, well, I need to go online. You're an online law law school. Still currently the only online law school in the country. Um, But I said, I said, well, so where would you go if you were me? Online for an undergrad. They said, well, we have a sister school, Kaplan University. Great. They said, well, we can connect you. Great. Not a problem. So now they put me in contact with Kaplan. So Kaplan goes, do you have a high school diploma? I'm like, I know the answers now. Yes. Yes, I have one of those. (laughs) Do you have any other college education? Well, I did go to college for a year, but I don't have any degrees. They said, well, let's see your transcript and maybe some of those will transfer over. And they did, which was awesome. Um, When I originally went to college, um, I was going for criminal justice. I wanted to do either DEA. Um, I wanted to do U.S. Marshal Service. I thought those would be fun. Um, right after cosmetology. No, no, no. This was before cosmetology. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, because well, because Susan it makes perfect sense. I know, I know, perfect sense, right? So, so what was interesting? So we have to back up the story just a little bit. So 
I I was scheduled, and I say scheduled. I was scheduled to graduate high school in 1992. I finished in 1991, but was doing dual enrollment long before. Like we're in 2023, dual enrollment people do that all day long. Like you're going to go to high school and you're going to go to college at the same time, right? I was doing this back in 1991 before it was something. Like I had to get permission. Like I went to high school in the morning and went to college in the afternoon. I was 16 years old. And so I graduated mid-semester, graduated early. And um, and so and so I'm talking to Kaplan and they're like, okay, well then, yeah, get us your transcript. The classes that I did take which were like meteorology. I thought that I thought that was be like Vanna White, like pointing at a screen, like, hey, I'm on TV. <laughs> had no idea I had to know the shape and name of clouds. Like, really? So, um, so I said to him, I said, well, how long is this whole degree thing going to take? They said, well, two years for an associate's, another two years for a bachelor's. I'm like, what? And then I'm like, well, then how long for law school? How, how long was your law school? Three years. Three years, yeah. Yeah, so so I'm like, seven years to become a mediator? No, 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 no. It wasn't seven years, Susan, because then once I get a law degree, well, now I have to go get the mediator training. Then I have to do the mentorship. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to be like 40 years old before this thing happens. I talked to my grandmother. My grandmother says, Matthew, seven Eight, ten years is going to come and go. It can come and go with or without a degree. That's your choice. Well, I like her. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, once one foot in front of the other, I'm going to live my life and I'm just going to plug away. And so long story short, took me two and a half years to get a bachelor's degree online, Mm -hmm. working full time and raising kids. I was uh, I was intent. Um, it was something that I really, really, really wanted. Yeah. Um, and different. you focused a lot on the paralegal stuff at well, the time, so, too, didn't you? So, so my associate's degree was in paralegal studies. And then mm-hmm. my bachelor's was in pre-law. So mm-hmm. I, I, it's interesting. My entire undergrad was intentionally structured to become a mediator. So everything that I learned, I use every single day. I know. You know, it I've wasn't. It. it wasn't like okay, I went for like an associate's in phys ed, and then now I'm a mediator, right? right? Like mm-hmm. I went for. So I learned legal writing. I learned interpersonal uh, conflict. I like all the stuff that you and I use. That you as an attorney, me as a media, the things that we use with our clients and with the parties all day long. I use it every single mm-hmm. day. So, uh, so mm-hmm. at graduation. Um, at graduation, one of the professors there, or sorry, the dean of the school, um, um, was also one of the professors at Concord. And he says to me, he goes, well, Matthew, what are your plans now? I said, I think I, I think I, I think I'm going to have to go to law school uh, because I want to become a mediator. He says, well, if you do, I'm an adjunct professor at Concord. Look me up. I'm like, OK, great. And I'm like, and I, and I knew Concord because Concord sent me to Kaplan. But then I was like, then I found out that Nova down in Fort Lauderdale, and I lived in Palm Beach, I heard that Nova had a master's in mediation. Master's in really? conflict. Yeah, they, they, I they, didn't know that. Yeah, they, they have a master's in conflict resolution. And, I'm, and, and it was Ooh. only two years. And I'm like, okay, wait a second. This is two years, not three. 
and it was a bit cheaper than law school. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I so 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 I I graduated with my undergrad on September 10th, and on September 11th, with, which happens to be my birthday, I started my master's degree. So I graduated one day, started the very next day. It was the worst educational experience I have ever had my entire life. I'm 49, almost 49, like the worst. After three months, I went, I graduated cum laude, graduated top of my class in Kaplan, and I went from getting, I got a straight A's in 1B to now getting F's. I can't write a paper to save my life. And I'm like, what in the world is going on? Well, you know, because of what we do every day, there's the law. It's pretty black and white. Like, it is, here it is. Now, yeah, the judges have some judicial interpretation, but the law is the law. Well, when you go to psychology, it's so subjective. It's whoever's reading it can interpret it however they choose. Well, all of a sudden... All of my writings, which are very analytical, legal-based, are now being torn apart. Well, but it could also be interpreted this and could be interpreted. I'm like, no, 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 you're misinterpreting. Well, no, cannot get a straight answer. That drove me crazy, and of course, I'm bombing it. So I called my parents and said, I'm dropping out. They're like, what? Because I'm going to law school. I'm like, I'm going to Concord. So I call up Concord. I said, I need to talk to Dean Weston. They said, they said, okay, well, what is this pertaining to? And I said, well, this is Matthew Brickman. Dean Weston told me to get a hold of him. It was a couple of months ago. They said, well, he's not in. We'll take a message. Well, Dean Weston remembered me. Oh, wow. So when I talked to him, he said, you know what? You are going to be the first um, applicant for our new pilot program. Okay, well, what does that mean? Well, I'm going to have you talk to so-and-so, and I don't remember what his name was. Um, call him, and he will give you all the details. Okay, cool. So I'm looking at the calendar. It's like December 1st, and they have the um, the LSATs coming up like the second week of December, right before Christmas. And I'm thinking, and then, of course, Concord is starting January. And I'm like, I have to get scheduled to take my LSATs so I can get these and get in and all stuff. So I call the guy. And he says to me, um, welcome to Concord Law School. And I'm like, yeah, he said, he said, you know, you're our first applicant for our pilot program. Welcome to Concord Law School. I'm like, okay, so um, I need to get scheduled for my LSATs. He's like, no. I'm like, what do you mean? No. He goes, welcome to Concord Law School. I'm like, what does that mean? Welcome to Concord Law School. He says, welcome to Concord Law School. I'm like, well, okay, what about my interview? He goes, this is your interview. I said, well, how's it going? Good. Okay, good. What about, what about my writing samples? He goes, I've already seen all of your writing samples. I read all of them. Or, I mean, I mean I've read of them. There was like, I think there was 121, 100 and something uh, papers that I wrote in my undergrad. Um, and he goes, he goes, yeah. He goes, he goes, I read them. He goes, welcome to Concord Law School. Okay. Okay, so... This is my interview. You've read my writing samples. I need to take the LSATs so that you can see. He goes, okay, you're not understanding. Matthew, welcome to Concord Law School. So I'm in. He goes, yes, you start in January. But what about my LSATs? He goes, well, this is our pilot program. 
you're an applicant from our sister school. You graduated top of your class. You're an automatic admit, no LSATs. I'm like, what? He goes, we'll send you your books. You start in January. Enjoy the holidays. Welcome to Concord Law School. I was like, what? That's crazy. I know. So the timeline, like my, my timeline so far, four years for an undergrad. No, that turned into two and a half years. Okay, cool. I'm, I'm pumped. Now I'm in law school. So I started in law school and all of a sudden started getting A's again. Like, okay, I know how my brain is wired, right? Like I know how my brain is wired. Um, now, my parents were therapists. My dad was a pastor of a church. They did, um, they did marriage counseling. So I was, I had a lot of the whole psychology and all stuff. And now my dad, he, he does coaching and he's been, I don't even know how many certifications from Myers-Briggs, the personality assessments. So I wow. grew up with that side of the brain. This so explains I under- so much about you. So I understand it, but my brain is more black and white, right and wrong. I understand the law. Yes, I understand interpretation, but I also understand people. And so I got into law school. I'm a year into it. In Florida, it changes the law. It used to be that you had to have a law degree or a master's degree, um, and then you could then do the training program, do the mentorship, and then you could be certified as a mediator. Well, they changed it and said, well, if you have done, I think it was 200 mediations in a two-year or five-year period, well, then you can get in based on experience not just a degree, which actually is pretty cool because there's a lot, as you know, as an attorney that they didn't teach you in a book. Oh, no. They didn't teach you. I, you learned it practicing mm-hmm. law, right? Well, so going back to when I was at Kaplan, when I got my associate's degree, I took the um, certification class for mediation for county civil. And I figured, I like, I want to do family law. But I'm like, I don't want to cut my teeth on family law. We're talking about somebody's kids. We're talking about their homes. We're talking about their livelihoods and their retirement. Let me figure out this mediation thing when there's not that much on, you know, risk. There's not much online, right? On or on the line. So I started with small claims court. So I would, I, I would go and volunteer and do small claims mediation. What's interesting, Susan, that's more difficult than family. I believe it because I don't know a thing about it. So that well, no, 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 well, no. It's more difficult to help people resolve than family law because in family law, everybody's getting something, mm. right? But when it's small claims, you know what? There's not much there. There's a declared winner. There's a declared loser. And you know what? You will spend your last dime because it's more emotion driven and emotion settled, not just emotion. Like you and I deal with people that are emotionally driven, but then there is a, but look, everyone's going to get something. We negotiate and then everyone's getting something. Small claims is much more difficult to negotiate than family law, but that's where I learned. Well, so when I started doing that with my undergrad, just volunteering, getting not getting paid, then guess what? Now I'm into Concord Law School a year. They changed the law. And because of all of my volunteer and everything I had done for those years leading up, 
I got grandfathered in under the new law. Well, then I didn't have to finish law school and pay all of those fees. Um, And so then it was like, okay, fine. Well, so I did have to go do, you know, so I'd already been certified county civil. So then I went and did the family training. Um, And then I'm like, okay, I got my training. Oh, my gosh. Do you know how hard it was to get my mentorship? Nobody would do my mentorship because basically they look at it as, oh, I'm training up my competition. I'm not going to mentor Matthew so he can get her certification. It took forever to to actually get my certification because nobody would do my mentorship. Now, at the time, I lived in Palm Beach County. I went to the Palm Beach County Courthouse, not just one of them, not just two of them, but three of them, and said to their ADR departments, their alternative divorce resolution department, said, I'm a new mediator. I'd like to get my mentorship. Nope. The courthouse wouldn't do them. Private mediators wouldn't do them. And I lived in Palm Beach County. I sent out letters to all of the judges in Palm Beach County, Broward County, Martin County and St. Lucie County going, I'm trying to get my mentorship. So I had a lady who was running the 19th Judicial Circuit up in Martin County. She was running the ADR department, but she was based out of St. Lucie. And she said, come up here because guess what? I'm not her competition in St. Lucie. I'm all the way down in Palm Beach. So I would drive 45 minutes up occasionally to get a mentorship done. Eventually, I got my mentorship done. And then I was like, I'm certified family law mediator. Great. Now you're ready to learn. And you got to build a business. And so and so that's how I got started. Um, But you had a lot of business background in there as well in some of your education. And I've heard you myself And I think taking the emotion out of it is one of the most important steps in family law. And you are able to take this. This is a business. You're both CEOs of your child or your children approach. And I think that that really worked. It really worked. Yeah. Yeah. Because the business portion. Yeah. Because because again, um, here's the best way I can describe mediation to people. Mm hmm. You remember the game as a child, Hungry, Hungry Hippo? Remember when you had like the four hippos and the marbles and you'd sit there and hit that hippo as fast as possible to grab as many marbles as you can? Uh Uh-huh. That's what we do, Susan. We're playing. You and I are guiding these people, whether it is a relocation, whether it's a divorce, whether it's paternity, whether it's parental alienation. It doesn't matter. When they come and see us, Emotions are high, resources are scarce, and they're hitting that hippo as fast as they can to grab as many marbles. They don't even know what they're grabbing, but they're relying on us to help them get as much as possible. And I look at it as I don't I'm not there to help you get. I'm there to help you understand what you're getting, because just because you get something doesn't mean you win. You may get 50% of something you don't care about in, instead of 100% of something you do. And so in my mind, that's the game we play. That and, of course, Deal or No Deal. Love that show. Howie Mandel. Deal or No Deal. I'm like, is this a good deal? <laughs> like, 
deals. Like, okay, good. You got a good deal. Like, that's what we're playing. Like, deal or no deal. Right? So, you know, what we do is like a game show. Um, but there's actual prizes. You were awarded a house. Congratulations. Right? You, you got a retirement, Captain. You got half of a child. Like, whatever it is, you know. But again, there's somebody's getting something, right? That is true compared to civil. And so... Yeah. And so that's how I got into it. Of course, then it was a matter of building. So I've so so then I first my 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 first job as a mediator was I actually got a contract job at the first courthouse that I went to that said, no, Matthew, we're not doing your mentorship. And the lady that actually told me, no, we're not doing your mentorship, ended up to be one of my very good friends there. And we laughed about it. I'm like, remember when I came in and you said no? She's like, I was told we just have to tell everybody that. And and I'm like, and she goes, but somehow you got through. And I'm like, yeah, I had to go up to Port St. Lucie to make it happen. She goes, you did what? And I was like, yeah, I was determined. So Susan, once started out, remember I said, okay, we were at four, five, six, seven, about seven, seven and a half year journey. Actually took two and a half, three, almost four years. So about half the time. And that's that's incredible. And my grandmother told me, she said, she said, she said, honey, one day at a time, one foot at a time. If you had never started, you wouldn't have been done in half the time. And it's just, and, and so, oh, you know, I, I encourage people. I'm like, look, you know what? Just start. You have no idea what's down that path, right? Just get going. Like, if that's your dream, do it. Because you don't know. I mean, like these were and, and, and look, I had no idea that Florida as a state was going to change their rules. I didn't know that. I didn't know that California had already changed their rules. I did not know that Concord Law, by the time I finished, was going to start a pilot program like things. There's no way. No way that I would have known being like, yeah, I'm going to do this because that that's going to happen. And that opportunity is sitting there. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of times and, you know, as an attorney and some and, you know, as a mediator, it would be nice to have a crystal ball. Right. To be able to tell a client, you know, you tell a client, you know what, do this, do this in two years. This is going to change. So, look, we're going to guide you down this path. Be prepared for it. Yes, the change is going to happen. Come back and see me. We're, then we're, then we're going to we don't have a crystal ball. We don't know. So we help the clients the best we can with the information we have at that moment. That is true. But I think the psychology of understanding people and being able to give them advice that can be still relevant for their future is something that's also very unique. Yeah. Did you know that I have my mediator license as well? Yes. Have I ever told you that? Yeah. Yeah. Nobody wants to use me because apparently they think I should just go to court. But, you know, it taught me a lot of skills as far as how to get people to kind of settle down a little yeah. bit and look past their emotions and yeah. to what they're actually doing. Yeah. Uh, which, which, you know, whether it's a parenting plan, we're talking about, you know, setting up for the children, you know, like you said, with the way that I've described a parenting plan is I like starting off with the title. What's the parenting plan? Like what, what's the title? It says parenting. 
It doesn't say a child plan. It says a parenting plan. We've got about 14, 15 pages of rules for you adults that are probably acting Mm -hmm. like children. Your children don't need the rules. You need the rules. And that's why we call this a parenting plan. Now, what is a parenting plan? Parenting plan is a default plan. The idea is it's a lot like an umbrella. You and I live in South Florida, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I have an umbrella in my in, in my car. I carry it every single day. If it happens to rain, I am so glad that I have my umbrella. And if it doesn't, I don't care. Fine. Well, that's a parenting plan. You get a detailed plan. You put it in the drawer and you ignore it. If, if mom and dad can get along and can figure it out, great, awesome. But if all hell breaks loose and somehow they can't get along, thank God I got that umbrella. You pull it out and that's when you use it. So sometimes in mediation, the parents are like, we don't have these issues. We don't have these issues. We don't have these issues. And I'm like, okay, pretend you do. That's when you're going to pull this out. Eventually right. you might. I'm glad you don't now. The court is thrilled that you don't now. But if you do, well, at least you have this as a default. So like you said, you know, with the, with the business sense, I have told people too, your parenting plan <clears throat> is like the corporate docs that structure the company. What is the company? Well, the company is little Johnny. Little Johnny is the company. And you know what? Mom, dad, you too under Florida statute that says that the court shall order that parental responsibility be shared unless the court finds that shared parental is detrimental to the child. Well, the two of you are going to be 50-50 CEOs of the company. The company is Little Johnny. These are the corporate docs that structure the company. So you got two aspects of your parenting plan, two main aspects. You have decision-making, And you have time sharing. So decision making says, all right, you two are CEOs of this company. You guys can't go rogue on each other. You guys have 50-50 CEO power. No one has 51%. Nobody can override the other parent. You guys have to discuss this. You have to have board meetings. Okay, how do you have board meetings? Well, any board meeting of a company... There's usually a paralegal there sitting, taking minutes because everything has to be in writing. Well, the two of you are going to take your own minutes. So all of your discussions regarding little Johnny are going to be in writing. So, you know, in a parenting plan, we have a whole section on communication between mom and dad, right? So depending on their level of, of or ability um, or emotion, if we can hopefully get it out of the way, but depending on what's happened... Usually, we've got about four different ways that we can do communication. Mm-hmm. Well, two ways with three tools. So you, one way, if they're fine, is text and email. It's written. Mm-hmm. Fine, not a problem. If they're having issues, well, then we've got three, well, three main programs that, you know, for the past, what, 16, 17 years I've been aware of, which is Family Wizard, Our Family Wizard, um, Talking Parents, and then AppClose, A-P-P-C-L-O-S-E. Three different tools that are there to help people if they don't have that great of communication. But that's that's all of their minutes from their board meeting regarding little Johnny. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Well, then the second aspect of the parenting plan is time sharing. We have 365 days out of the year. As the CEO of the company, what days, mom, are you responsible to go into the office and you're in charge of running the company? And dad, what days are you responsible as the CEO to go into the office and run the company? There's time sharing. 
The two of you will never be in the office on the same day. And then we're going to talk about exchanges, pickup, drop-off, facilitation. Like once we structure the company, well, how do we make it work? Right? right. And so <clears throat> there you go. This is not emotion. And I tell them, I say, look, you know, a lot of times people do not do the transition that is supposed to happen. And I think a lot of that can be partially due to the mediator and partially due to the attorney guiding them. And it's 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 our job to educate people like, you know, and, and that's why you have a podcast. I have a podcast like we want the general public to be educated, to know, because nobody's telling them this stuff. Right. Like, no, nobody tells anyone anything, not even really honestly those that should be. Yeah. I mean, you know, it. I feel like a lot of times in life, it's like when I went to Nova and did the master's in psychology where, well, it could be interpreted this way. That Come on, just be honest and tell me. Like, mm-hmm. I need – and especially when you need help and information, do not beat around the bush. Tell me. If I'm making a wrong decision, tell me so I can course correct so I don't fail. Just Mm -hmm. tell me. People are so secretive with information. And I'm like, why? Like, even even with helping me get my certification so I can go help people and you're going to be secretive and you don't want me. What? I mean, I now do about 10 plus mentorships a year. I will help anyone that wants to get their mentorship done. Why? They're not my competition. My competition are the people I went to school with and became a mediator with 17 years ago. But there's also enough people that need help to go around. So why do we all pretend like it has to be a a marginal amount that can? No. It it shouldn't be that way. No, it shouldn't. And so... And so with the parenting plan, I'm like, look, you know, you guys have gone through three levels of a relationship, acquaintance, intimacy, loss of intimacy. And this is whether or not they're married or not. Like it could be a one night stand and they quickly went through all three levels. Hi, you want to hang out? Hey, you want to have sex? Hey, I'm pregnant and I don't want you around. Well, there you go. You went through the three levels of relationship, right? In one night. Yeah. You know, granted, then you might have the marriages that last longer than the honeymoon. And I did have that where they went on the honeymoon, came back. Susan, we were dividing up wedding gifts, gift cards, checks, cash. I'm like, that didn't last long, right? Um, But... In either case, we went through the three levels. Well, what happens in those three levels? Nothing. There's no accountability. There's no responsibility. And there's no consequence. Everybody makes up their own rules inside their own relationship. And if it does not work out, which is when they call you or me, well, now when they're in that this isn't working stage anymore, that loss of intimacy, that's a horrible place to be without accountability, responsibility, and consequence, right? Well, so mm-hmm. what's the parenting plan? It's the corporate docs that for the first time ever in the relationship, you are going to transfer out of a place of emotion into a business-like relationship. Again, you're two CEOs. You don't have to like or dislike who you're in business with. It's business. We're exchanging time, information, money, children. It's but business. It's business, but the business dynamic and the business structure has changed because you and I both know that ordinarily 
and let's just say a couple, for example, is raising a child together and then they separate and need this rule book that we want to give them. The parenting plan, yeah. Normally, there is a default parent that is a majority <laughs> of one thing or the other. Normally, there is one parent who is the substantial income earner and works a lot of hours and they share responsibilities differently. And you and I both know that that doesn't mean that those roles will change or won't change in the future because inevitably they have to. Yeah. And in most cases, I find that the person that has both of them, they both think that the role that they have at the time of their division and reincorporation, as you would say, that they think that those roles continue, but they don't. They change. Yeah. I had a mediation. So, so I had a mediation. Let's see. Three days ago. Three days ago. Mom has been a stay-at-home mom. They've got three kids. They have a Mm -hmm. five-month-old. I think it was a six-year-old and a 12-year-old. Mom has been a stay-at-home mom. Dad, he's the breadwinner. Okay? Um, He's in law enforcement, and he's the breadwinner. Now, you know law enforcement. They have their shift. Then they take also extra details. A lot of them also have a a second job. Or they have extra training. I mean, that's just the nature of the beast, right? It is, yeah. So, Dan has been saying to mom for a number of years, I need you to at least get a part-time job. I need help. I need help. I need, you know, financial help. And she's like, I'm a stay-at-home mom. I'm taking care of the kids. Now, these were the roles that they created inside of their relationship. Fine. Well, so then, of course, dad ends up filing for divorce. And it's very, you know, as you know, it's very emotional. So what does he do? He does what a lot of typical workers, and and I would say more men than women. I know that I did originally. Um, when when I, you know, when, when my ex and I started our war, I a, a very healthy distraction was I buried myself in my work. <laughs> so... What he did during the litigation so far, and I think it was maybe like eight months or so, nine, almost the nine-month mark, which isn't that too deep into litigation with, with their attorneys, but he had just buried himself in work because it was just so emotional, buried himself in work. And what did she do? She just continued being the stay-at-home mom. Now, there was a, a standing status quo order, so he also had to maintain all the bills and expenses, but he moved out. Well, he also now has to, and so he has to maintain his own as well. At the end of the month, there's a hundred bucks left over. Like that was it, right? So as you said, so so in this whole negotiation and this parenting plan, that's where we started. Not with the finances, not with alimony, not with a home, not with any of Let's talk about parenting. May have been a good husband, bad husband, good wife, bad wife. Who cares? Is she a good mom? That's exactly is it. She, is he a good dad? And you know what? Yeah. They were both very complimentary of each other going, when he's around, he's good. He takes care of the kids. He does help. But he's not around that much because he's always working. And I said to him, how is she? Trust her and pl- Trust her, trust her, trust her. Absolutely. Okay, so shared parental responsibility, what does that mean? So we went through the entire thing. Here's shared parental responsibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to have shared parental. We're going to equally make decisions. I trust his decision making, even though he's not around. 
Yes, I trust hers. Okay, fine. Great. I mean, they did have three kids. So then it comes to the timesharing. They were very creative because of his work, figuring out the timesharing. But we did have to have the conversation. You do realize, and I had to have the conversation with her, you do realize you're going to have to get a job. And I had to have the conversation with him going, you realize you're not going to be able to work these hours and perform on this parenting plan. And he said, yeah, yeah, I know. So you realize that your income is going to go down and your ability to support the kids and run this thing. Yeah. And you understand you're going to have to contribute to this. Yeah. Okay, great. We got the parenting plan done. Great. We, you know, they figured that out. But then when it came to the earning, well, then she's like, oh, well, he, he works three jobs. Okay. Logistically, I don't care anything. Logistically, can he work those three jobs and do this parenting plan you guys just created? Well, no, no, no. That's not possible. Well, but you were okay with the parenting plan. Yeah. Well, that's not possible. And how are you going to be able to then pay for your bills and expenses? Because this standing status quo order is going away. Here's the child support based on all of this. And it's like, and and she's like, I guess I'm going to have to get a job. Exactly. So instead of forcing it now, he was trying to force it. You need to get a job. You need. And of course, that's starting with the end instead of starting at the beginning and showing people how to get to where they need to go. Which 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 as a mediator and I think probably as 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 an attorney to a point, too. But especially my, my viewpoint as a mediator and especially living, you know, living this, you know, high litigation, going to school for this, living this, not just knowing, hey, this is how they taught it in school. And this is how you mediate going. OK, this is what your parenting plan says. Let me tell you how this is going to play out in the real world. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you a story or two. And like you said, you know, yeah, I've done almost 3000 mediations. I've mediated 9,800 plus hours, like almost 10,000 hours. So, oh, I've got story upon story upon story. Like I've, I've run into this. Not much surprises me anymore. Uh, people are getting worse, not better. Uh, people are doing things going, at what time did you think this was a good idea? Like I've never heard anybody in the history of the world that got away with it. It improved their lives and it was a good idea. But, you know, people, we are creative animals. Um, sometimes we get stuck in our, in, 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 the, in, the, in our own way as well. But with them, it, it, it needs to be, look, I'm not pushing you down this path, but also I'm not yanking you down this path. You know what? Let's lock arms and let's walk down this path together and let's have a conversation. Mm-hmm. And when they understand, and and for me, going down this path as a mediator and as someone that's gone through it, I look at it more or less. I mean, if if you want to put like mediator and you want to put like, give me another word for what you do, Matthew, tour guide. Occasionally, Sydney and I will be releasing Q&A bonus episodes where we will answer your questions and give you a personal shout out. If you have a comment or question regarding anything that we discuss, email us at info at iChatMediation.com. That's info at iChat, I-C-H-A-T, Mediation.com. And stay tuned to hear your shout out and have your question answered here on the show. For more information about my services or to schedule your mediation with me, either in person or using my iChat Mediation virtual platform built by Cisco Communications, visit me online at imediating.com. 
www.thepowerofyou.com. Call me at 561-262-9121, toll free at 877-822-1479, or email me at mbrickman at ichatmediation.com.